the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Tuesday, June the 6th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. On June 6, 1944, during World War II, Allied forces stormed the beaches of Normandy, France. On D-Day, they began the liberation of German-occupied Western Europe. Historic moment, for sure, as we all know. Today, in 1844, the Young Men's Christian Association, the YMCA, it was founded in London. Today, in 1912, Nova Rupta, a uh, volcano on the Alaska Peninsula, began a three-day eruption, sending ash as high as 100,000 feet. It was the most powerful volcanic eruption of the 20th century and ranks among the largest in recorded history. Today, in 1934, the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission was established. Today, in 1939, the first Little League baseball game was played. Lundy Lumber defeated Lycoming Derry, 23-8, Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Today, in 1968, Senator Robert F. Kennedy died at Good Samaritan Hospital in Los Angeles. I mentioned yesterday that he was shot. He died today, 25 and a half hours after he was shot by Sirhan Sirhan. Speaking of Senator Robert F. Kennedy, his son, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., as you know, is running for president as a Democrat, which he is. And um, he's making waves. He's creating a little bit of a problem. I don't think I don't think the Biden people think he can win the uh, primary for for the Democratic Party, but they are troubled over him, and they're ex- beginning to express that. Interestingly enough, RFK, I noticed, was talking to Elon Musk yesterday, and he told Elon Musk that he wants to permanently seal the U.S.-Mexico border. Uh, that's not going to play well with the elite Democrats uh, of the party, but um, it may play well with others in the party. But he, uh, he said that the reason he wants to seal the U.S.-Mexican border, kind of like Trump did, he said he wants to do that because he thinks mass shootings in America are directly tied to the pharmaceutical drugs that are being smuggled across the border daily uh, in large amounts. So interesting. Well, that'll be interesting to watch as we go along. Anyway, today in 1989, burial services were held for Iran's spiritual leader, Ayatollah Khomeini. Today in 2005, the Supreme Court ruled 6-3 to that people who smoked marijuana because their doctors recommended it to ease pain could be prosecuted for violating federal drug laws. Much has changed since 2005, hasn't it? Ten years ago today, Director of National Intelligence James Clapper, he moved to tamp down a public uproar spurred by the disclosure of secret surveillance programs involving phone and Internet records, declassifying key details about one of the programs while insisting the efforts were legal, limited in scope, and necessary to detect 
terrorist threats. People didn't buy it. There was a lot of anger in the nation over that particular issue. Verizon was particularly involved in that, and they were supplying more information than I think they should have been, and millions of us felt that way, to the government about individuals who were charged with no crime, just surveillance, to see if they might possibly be doing something wrong. That's a path that Americans, for the most part, don't want to walk down. Do you know who um, Harris Faulkner is? She's on Fox News. She's a, a black a lady, extremely articulate. Um, I, I have always liked her. I like her much more now, but I've always liked her, and I've always paused to listen to her when I've been looking at videos uh, from like Fox programming and so on on uh, uh, YouTube and one thing or another. I always pay attention to what she has to say because I think she's very, uh, she's very has deep convictions. And she's very insightful about things that are going on. So anyway, I noticed this yesterday. She was talking about, she came on last night, in fact, on Fox. They have a kind of a rotating thing where Tucker Carlson, you know, they got rid of him, of course, or so they thought. He's coming back on Twitter uh, with a daily program. But nonetheless, um, they're rotating some of the personalities at Fox through that slot in primetime that, Tucker Carlson's program used to be on. Well, anyway, she was the one they rotated through that um, program spot on Monday night, last uh, last night. So anyway, she opened her Fox News tonight uh, relating uh, some stories of patriotism and Christian faith, while she also revealed something that happened to her at a restaurant recently. She said, the Lord has determined I am a woman. This is what she was saying on on the air last night. She said, the Lord has determined that I am a woman. She began this in her opening segment. And my pronouns are USA. Our nation's soul is at stake. And we really have a couple of choices. Three, really. We can be bad at protecting the greatest nation on the earth. We can be average at protecting the greatest nation on the earth. Or we can be elite at protecting the greatest nation on earth. We know who we are, and we know whose we are. She went on to say that she was kicked out of a restaurant for praying before she ate. She said, for those of us who believe, we must hold in our faith right now. When you gather in public spaces, pray thankfully over your food. Even when the server gives you the stink eye and tells the manager that your peaceful grace is triggering them. She said, it happened to me. I've been asked to leave a restaurant for openly bowing my head in prayer hands. In America, it's all good. They don't deserve my money anyway. She said, my faith determines my values, and I hope you're living by your values and what brings you joy and peace and love, she concluded. Interesting uh, response to that. The public liked it. I noticed this morning there was a lot of activity about the fact that she said that on the air in light of the direction that Fox is apparently choosing to to go with their news and the bent of their news. We try to bring you these kinds of things every day so that you can be informed. We must be informed in the world in which we live. Matthew chapter 16, verse 3 says, Jesus speaking, And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O you hypocrites! 
You can discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. That is extremely true because Jesus said it. But it's true in the sense that we can understand that in today's environment, in today's culture. It is, we can discern all these things, supposedly, about everything. And yet we cannot even understand the times in which we live. These are critical times. That's one of the reasons that I do this program. And I've joked about this before, and I laugh as I say it, but sometimes my friend says, man, you're not still working, are you? No, I'm just trying to preach the gospel. And I'm trying to take the opportunities that God has given me. The golf course can come later, if ever. But I just feel so strongly about this. And I feel that we, each of us, needs to do what the Lord gives us opportunity to do. And it's with that attitude that we come to this microphone every morning and we do this program live, originating live, to talk about the things that are happening today in our world, in our culture, in our neighborhoods. And I want to thank all of you who support us in doing this because we could not do it without you, and we're very keenly aware of that. I know that God has spoken to your heart in the same way that he's spoken to mine about this particular program. And I thank you, all of you who support us. We need it. And to those of you who don't, if you feel there's value in what we're doing, please prayerfully consider joining us and supporting this ministry each month. We need your support. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. John Kirby, the National Security Council Coordinator for Strategic Communications, yesterday was uh, yesterday afternoon was asked if the Biden family's business schemes represent a national security threat, despite admitting he had not read the House Oversight Committee report on the matter. That says a lot, doesn't it? In May, the House Oversight Committee's probe found that Biden family businesses over the course of several years have received at least, this is minimum, at least $10 million from business schemes in Romania and China in return for what appears to be, by the authorities, appears to be influence peddling. In total, nine Biden family members received payments from the family foreign business ventures, including two of Joe Biden's grandchildren. The investigation is quite revealing, and it's going to become more so as it is worked out into the public. The press is resisting it. They don't want it to be out there. They don't report on it unless they just have to. But this guy was asked, John Kirby was asked, have you read the report yourself, and do you personally think there are any national security concerns here? It was a reporter that asked that question from the Daily Caller. That's a conservative news organization. In fact, it was co-founded by uh, Carl, Tucker Carlson. But anyway, this guy, with Daily Carlson, or I mean Daily Caller, course, uh, course, uh, correspondent, uh, he asked Kirby during the Monday White House breastfeeding, he said, what do you think? And Kirby's response was kind of curt and and kind of elitist, but he goes, no and no. And that's all he said. He just walked away. They don't want to talk about it. They just simply don't know what to say. And that's why they don't want to talk about the issues 
of our day. And that's why it's so important that we as, as believers are informed as to what's going on in our culture today. I'm not laughing about the fall, the latest fall that Joe Biden took, President Joe Biden, at the Air Force, at least the last one we know about. He hit his head getting out of the helicopter after he had returned after this fall on the stage at the U.S. Air Force Academy graduation ceremony last week. I'm not laughing about that. In fact, I take no joy in that. But I think for us to ignore it would be foolish, very, very foolish. The corporate media immediately began running PR for the president, waving away any legitimate concerns surrounding his mental and his physical fitness. I mean, we all, if we live long enough, we all get old. I think it was Mark Twain said that or something. But it's true. He's having some issues. I mean, he does. I'm not suggesting this from, from a political point of view. I'm, I'm looking at it as just, you know, an, an American, one guy out here on the face of the nation. It was a revealing moment to see the president of the United States lying on the stage floor at the Air Force Academy graduation. I mean, he was on his back and he couldn't get up. He tried to get up and they, they were helping him. And I mean, I understand that. I don't run the mile in under four minutes anymore. I never did, but you know what I'm talking about. It was even more revealing to witness the legacy media, as it's called, they call themselves that, but others do as well. The legacy media go to work to tell America that the world, everything is fine. No problem. It's just fine. The president is fine. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today, but my point isn't that the Joe Biden has fallen down again. My point is, one, how the press is handling it, how they're misleading the American public. And secondly, there's a parallel here. Our president somewhat mirrors where our nation is. We keep stumbling and falling down. And this is not going to lead to a good outcome if we don't get it right. The Federalists kind of summarized what I was just talking about. They said... Biden is is fine after all after his fall on stage at the Air Force Academy graduation. So reads NBC headline, framing their story around the totally impartial word of a White House aide. Politico ran a similar story titled "Biden falls on stage at Air Force graduation, but is fine," according to a spokesperson. Reuters headline read: "Biden trips and falls during the graduation ceremony, recovers quickly." Newsweek had the creative angle of blaming the whole thing on the Secret Service. They went up, they, they went into this long article at Newsweek saying that he tripped over a sandbag that was put on the base of his teleprompter to s- secure it while he was giving his speech, and the and the, uh, the the Secret Service should have been over there to remove that after he finished speaking. A little sandbag, and they went on and on and on blaming them. That he fell. David Axelrod, he's a former senior advisor to Barack Obama. He and Barack were really buddies. They probably still are. But he suggested that Biden's age would make such incidents more important in the electorate's minds as the 2024 presidential election approaches. I don't know if he supports uh, Joe Biden or not. 
Barack Obama seems not to so much. He kind of makes fun of him behind his back. I mean, in front of everyone except Joe Biden. But anyway, he told Axelrod told Politico, this is a liability that comes with age. Incidents like these are going to be blown up. They're going to be a greater concern that would be if he were 20 years younger. This is a burden he's going to have to overcome. In March, ABC News and Washington Post did a poll. I think they were looking for a different and a better outcome, but they found that 68% of U.S. adults felt Biden was too old to run for a second term. Were he to be reelected, he would be 86 by the time he left office, they said. Well, most of us knew that. We can do moderate math problems and math solutions. All of America should be concerned about Biden's falling cognitive skills and his repeated falls on the steps of Air Force One. I mean, that's happened a number of times and elsewhere. But this one the other day is without doubt the worst and the most troubling of all so far, at least in my opinion, it is. But reality aside, the press stays calm and carries on. We live in a time of tremendous deception. I mean, this is so blatant that even I can understand it. No, we can all see this. I mean, everything isn't okay. The, he has problems, many problems. But the press is just staying calm and carrying on. They're saying, no, everything is fine. It's fine. All presidents fall down on the floor when they're at the Air Force. I mean, the New York Times, though, takes the prize. They lead this procession. You have to hand it to the New York Times. It takes some truly dedicated propagandist to spin a story about Biden falling before the world on national television into an opportunity to praise the president for his sharpness, fitness, and striking stamina. That was the story of the New York Times. I'm not going to get deep into it, but let, let me just hit a couple of points on it. It says the two Joe Bidens coexist in the same octogenarian president. Sharp and wise at critical moments, the pro- this is the New York Times, the product of decades of seasoning, able to rise to the occasion, even in the dead of night, to confront a dangerous world. It feels like you're reading a novel. But no, this is what they're saying about the president. Uh, a product of decades of seasoning, able to raise to the occasion, even in the dead of night, to confront a dangerous world. New York Times. They continue. Yet a little slower, a little softer, a little harder of hearing, a little more tentative in his walk, a little more prone to occasional lapses of memory in ways that feel familiar to anyone who has reached their ninth decade or has a parent who has. The Times used statements from the White House. That's end of quote. They used statements from White House aides, foreign allies, Democrat politicians to argue that the president is mentally and physically fit and that his observable ailment is no cause for concern. They continued, quoting the New York Times, people who deal with him regularly, including some of his adversaries, say he remains sharp and commanding in private meetings. Diplomats share stories of trips to places like Ukraine and, oh yes, obviously Ukraine. They're taking, the Biden family is taking a ton of money out of there. But Japan and Egypt and Cambodia and Indonesia, in which he often outlasts his younger colleagues. Democratic lawmakers point to the long list of accomplishments as proof 
that he still gets the job done. End of quote. New York Times. According to the Times, unnamed friends of Biden say the phrase sharp as attack has become something of a mantra to describe <laughs> to describe this president. I don't see that, but they do. The Times minimized Biden's fall at the Air Force Academy by pointing out that Trump appeared to have trouble lifting a glass of water one time. And Trump seemed to have trouble making his way down a modest ramp while visiting the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. It doesn't matter what, that while Trump never took a public spill, Biden's tumble last week marks one of many. It doesn't matter. It's irrelevant to them. They're weaving the story that they want America to believe. On multiple occasions, the president tripped and fell on the stairs of Air Force One. We've seen that. It's sad. Last month, during the G7 summit in in Japan, he stumbled down a set of stairs. And, of course, you know, last June, he fell off his bike and he wasn't moving. He was standing, standing with his feet on the ground, talking to the reporters on his bike, and he fell over. Polling shows that more than 6 in 10 Americans are concerned about Biden's mental fitness, despite the propaganda press's insistence that our clearly deteriorating president is at the top of his game. This is not surprising, given studies suggesting Americans are increasingly aware that the corporate media is nothing more than the disinformation apparatus of the Democratic Party, and that is true. These are days of deception. That's why we must be informed. We must be discerning. That reminds me of a story in Luke chapter 12, verse 54. Let me just share some thoughts with you about that today as we look at our own nation, at our own times. People are able to forecast the weather by the signs that they see, Jesus said. They know that certain kinds of weather will follow. Jesus is using that as an illustration, this is Luke chapter 12, specifically verse 54. He's using that as he spoke to the people to tell a story, an illustration. Jesus often did this, as you know. So he's talking to the people. and what In verse 54, Luke says, he, wrote, he spoke this to the people, which means to the people in general and not to his disciples specifically, He called these people hypocrites because they were able to forecast the weather, but they could not discern what they were going through prophetically at the very time it was happening. If he called these people hypocrites who are not part of his group and expected them to understand the times that we're living in, I have to pause myself and wonder, what does he expect of us? What is the Lord expect of me. I think he expects more. In his walk with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, he calls them fools. Luke 24, 25. These were his disciples, which shows that he expected more of them. He then opened their minds to the scriptures, going through the Old Testament, explaining that the son of, he didn't call it the Old Testament, but we do explaining that the Son of Man had to go through this. He seems to be saying, with all this proof, why did you not understand it? So how much does he expect of us? 
I think we live in times today. It's incredibly important that we discern the times in which we live. That is my prayer every day as I come to this microphone, to open the door, to turn on the light, so that we can understand, better understand the times in which we live. I don't claim to know all there is to know, obviously. But I I do know kind of what's going on. And we bring that in a biblical sense through a biblical lens of understanding. And Jesus was doing that to those who followed him and those who opposed him as well. Things are not continuing as they were. The reason we know this is because God has given us discernment of the times and the seasons which we're living. Life is not going to continue the way it is. It's always changing. We need to understand the change, the flux and change that's happening in our culture today. And we must not be lulled to sleep. And there is, I feel, and I say this with no criticism, just total concern, There is that in the church today in America. It's kind of like, oh, well, everything's just fine. Christians sometimes sound like the New York Times. They look at the hell that's going on in our cultures. They look at the burning in the streets and all of the disaster that's visiting our cities, particularly those who are run by Democrats, by the left. I mean, honest to those of you who are so-called Christian leftists, it is the leftist people that are ruining the cities, the leadership. But we look at these cities and we, oh, everything's fine. Things, ah, there's nothing I can do. We take that approach sometimes. And as Christians, we ought not to do that. I don't think that's what the Lord has called us to do. And that's not what Jesus was talking about then. And it's not what he's thinking now. By the time... Peter wrote this about discernment of the times and the seasons in which we are living. Second Peter chapter 3, read it. By the time he wrote this, the scholars date that Second Peter was written in about 64 AD. The world was in a real turmoil. The world seems to be falling apart. Jerusalem especially is a powder keg. Christians are being blamed for the trouble being incited in Rome. Did you know that when Rome ultimately fell and burned, the famous burning of Rome, they say Nero fiddled. He probably didn't. He was probably at his beach house. I mean, honestly, that's more historically correct than the fiddling, but it makes a good story. But it did fall. And when that happened, the people in the empire, the Roman Empire, what was left of it, blamed the Christians. They said the Christian beliefs undermined the philosophy of the Roman government. We live in times not so different from that. I can only imagine what the Lord may call each of us to do in these times. The virgins in Matthew 25, they slept when they should have been awake. Jesus told that story as well, the parable of the ten virgins. It's not a time to sleep. This is a time to be alert and awake. And do the things that our hands find to do to the glory of God. At least that's how I feel about it. And I hope many of you do as well. 
This is not a time to be slumbering and sleeping at the time of the end. It's a time to be awake, alert, and busy for the Lord. Hey, I'll see you tomorrow. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.